0: Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey Ostrowski, and I am joined by a very special guest tonight, the very own birthday boy, Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy?
1: I am doing, uh, you know, as well as I can. For being 26, you know, you gotta you gotta roll with the punches. Sometimes you feel old, sometimes you feel young. I'm right in the middle, you know? I'm living. My fantasy team's let me down for the final time of age 25, so hopefully this new year brings me uh, some some better luck because I'm going to need it.
0: Well, hey, man. Big 26, you get to start it off by playing against your favorite fantasy rival, uh, me.
1: <laughs> what a time to be alive, don't you know, man?
0: You know, week 9, it's going to be a big one. Uh, let's see. We, we both are pretty much just screwed by the... Atlanta Falcons being on a bye this week. But aside from that, I think we both have our full teams.
1: We're pretty much screwed by the Atlanta Falcons in general because they stink.
0: I know. Although Julio and Devonta Freeman have been, for the most part, pretty dang good. I mean, Julio's Julio, and Devonta Freeman, outside of a couple games, has actually been pretty decent over the last five or six weeks, so I can't really complain too, too much.
1: That's very true, and they they still held it together with the corpse of Matt Schaub this week.
0: Yeah, speaking of Matt Schaub, though, he actually had a pretty good fantasy game. Um, Not that anyone was starting him, so it really doesn't matter, but the guy threw for 460 yards this week.
1: Absolutely ridiculous. I did not see that coming anywhere.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I did see him only having one touchdown and having at least one interception, which he did, but... uh, if you told me he was going to throw for 460 yards against Seattle, I would have called you crazy.
1: Yeah, I would have slapped you upside the head with my microphone in my hand and called you a lunatic because that's just that's crazy talk. And yet here we are, Matt Schaub at 38 years old, which he feels like he should be so much older than he is. Uh, just just lighten up the the Seahawks defense somehow, and yet the Falcons still find a way to lose.
0: I know it's you know what it's almost sad at this point, like. We all know I'm a Panthers fan. I like seeing the Falcons do terrible, but uh, they're doing, like, really terrible. Like, hey, You
1: know what makes it worse is that uh, their one win is against my Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Oh, how does that make you feel?
1: Well, I mean, we would have beat them, but, you know, in week two, if everybody remembers, the entire Eagles roster died, and uh, Deshaun Jackson has still yet to come back to life. He's kind of, you know, we're, we're a couple days away from Halloween, it's Deshaun's like an extra dancing in the background of the thriller music video.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! But speaking of the Falcons, um, you know we, we got that uh, that expectation for Julio Jones. He had 25 points this week in fantasy, 10 catches, 152 yards. Uh, if you recall last week, you know uh, against Seattle with Matt Schaub throwing, um, neither one of us were like super massively high on him. Um, but obviously, we were like, you can't sit Julio. And uh, he definitely rewarded those who uh, who were faithful with him this week, for yeah, sure.
1: I was on the on the fence about it. I remember you talking me off the ledge. I was like, I don't know, man. You know, it's Matt Shaw. But, hey, Julio did his thing. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, probably had one of, if not his best game of the season.
0: Yeah, no, he looked absolutely great. He had a monster fantasy day. Um, and a- another receiver that we kind of talked about last week after a really off week was Kenny Galladay, you know, six catches, 123 yards, and two receiving touchdowns in week eight. So Kenny Galladay, uh, you know, we said he was going to bounce back and he definitely bounced back in a pretty damn big way.
1: Kenny Galladay came to play. And you know who else came to play Mikey? The, uh, yeah. the, the best receiver outside of, uh, the number one fantasy player of the week Cooper cup put on a show for the fans in London. Uh, two hundred and twenty receiving yards only one touchdown, but he did all of the all of that uh on seven receptions and ten targets and had an incredible flea flickerish type play and uh the Rams put on a show for the fans over in london and and they took down the bengals twenty four to ten and that uh that cost Andy Dalton his job because as we sit here and record today, my birthday twin who is thirty two somehow Andy dalton lost his job to a rookie quarterback and is no longer the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. So essentially, by theory, uh Kevin uh Cooper Cup went and uh cost Andy Dalton his job.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know about you, but I kind of think it's safe to say that outside of New England's defense, Cooper Cup might be the fantasy M V P.
1: It's debatable. You you can make I mean, a, a good argument for it.
0: it. Well, well, and and think about it. You know, Cooper Cup he was drafted in, like, the fifth round, the sixth round back in August. You're getting the number 11 overall player on the season, and he's going off for 220 yards. I mean, that is massive for fantasy. Obviously, you know me. I love me some CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, had a massive game this week, but I don't know if you consider a guy that was already a top two pick as the fantasy MVP because, you know, he's just, I would say living up to expectations. He's smashing expectations, but I don't know if you could call a guy like that the fantasy MVP because we all knew where he was being taken anyway. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think the outside of CMC and like Saquon and, and that contingent of guys, it, it's down to three for me. It's Cooper Cup. It's the Patriots defense. And uh, it's a guy who had another big week on, on Thursday Night Football, Dalvin Cook. He continues to impress. He's the number three overall fantasy player, according to Yahoo. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were, were scared with Dalvin Cook because of his injury history, but we're still taking him in the first round or early second round if he fell. Dalvin Cook's been on an absolute mission, and he has looked fantastic. All season long, and this is what the Vikings were expecting when they drafted him in the second round in 2017 to be this guy, and that's what they're getting now, now that he's completely healthy and he's just absolutely fun to watch. It just stinks that he's a, a member of the Vikings.
0: See, when you brought up another running back, I I knew it was going to either come down to Dalvin Cook or his division rival Aaron Jones. Yep. Aaron Jones is number six overall in the season. I believe he's the number three fantasy running back, only behind Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook. And, fun fact for you, if you take away week one, when Aaron Jones only put up 4.9 points, if you take away the entire league's week one, Aaron Jones has been the number one overall fantasy running back since week two of this season. That's filthy.
1: And, you know, this is a team in the Packers that has lacked that number one running back and it seems like they're finally figuring out that Aaron Jones is that guy.
0: You know what the the filthiest thing about this is that there is someone out there listening to this right now who got Christian McCaffrey in the first round Dalvin Cook in the second round and Aaron Jones in the third round and whoever you are, you are probably 8-0 and right now living large.
1: <laughs> and you know what's even worse, Mikey? They probably in the mid-rounds went and got Tevin Coleman because uh, this week, he could not be stopped, 105 yards, rushing, three touchdowns, two receptions for 13 yards, and you know, for good measure, let's tack on a receiving touchdown to put up 37.8 full PPR points, absolutely ridiculous, he was the third best fantasy player of the week, only behind Aaron Jones, and one Mike Evans, who absolutely thrashed me in my matchup, but uh Tevin Coleman, man. He is dynamic, and he is loving being back with Kyle Shanahan.
0: Yeah, he's he's also in line for a big workload now that Matt Breida is injured, potentially for a little while. So I think Tevin Coleman going forward is going to see even more opportunity than he already is seeing. And uh, it definitely hurt watching him run absolutely rampant over the Carolina Panthers, but uh, they they kind of deserved it they looked incredibly flat Kyle Allen showed that he is not the quarterback of the future in my opinion in Carolina so that whole thing was disappointing but at least we got to see a a really good Tevin Coleman fantasy day out of it
1: yeah we got a good Tevin Coleman fantasy day and uh even though he was on my bench in my matchup he carried me to a win in our bet so uh stay tuned when it gets colder ladies and gentlemen as I will be pelting Mikey with a water balloon in the freezing cold
0: it's going to suck <laughs> it's like it's like a double whammy because now i'm just going to have to remember this loss again
1: it's great and and for like the 49ers put up 51 points like that is rare uh, to see just in in today's nfl where typically games this year have been decided by one score and we had a game that was an absolute blowout and it's it's not often you see that so for that to happen and me to solidify a win in a bet, even though I lost my fantasy matchups this week, at least I won somewhere. So I will take my <laughs> wins where I can get them. Uh, but we brought up Mike Evans, Mikey, and uh, even though he sh- he shares your namesake, you took an L this week against me, Mike Evans, just helping people get dubs. 12 targets, 11 receptions, 198 yards, and two touchdowns, all while catching the ball from Jameis Winston. In another Tampa Bay Buccaneers loss.
0: Well, bringing up Jameis Winston, I gotta ask you: Do you think Jameis Winston is like a top six, top seven quarterback for fantasy purposes to finish out the season? I mean, listen, listen to his upcoming schedule. According to according to Yahoo, all the rest of his games are either green or a yellow game. Obviously, anything in green means he's facing a weak defense. Anything in yellow, bad average. He's got Seattle, Arizona, New Orleans, which is going to be tough. But then he's got Atlanta, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Detroit, and Houston, which are all pretty damn good matchups uh, for the quarterback position. What do you think the approach is with Jameis Winston going forward? I mean, I know he's a turnover machine, but he's been putting up some fantasy numbers.
1: You know who he reminds me of, Mikey? He reminds me of, like, 2017 Blake Bortles. Oh, God. Where Blake Bortles, not a good real-life quarterback whatsoever. But when it came to fantasy purposes, Blake Bortles was putting up like garbage time numbers and just like padding his stats. That's what Jameis Winston kind of reminds me of. You know, he's gonna he's gonna take his chances deep like he did, and and thankfully Mike Evans came down with 11 of 12 targets uh, this past weekend. But uh, it reminds me of that where he's gonna have those stat padding type of games that it's not gonna look good in real life, but for fantasy purposes, Jameis Winston is gonna be a lot of fun for fantasy owners.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Um, and it's normally a guy that is consistently throwing at least two interceptions a game. You usually don't want any part in that. But for fantasy, I mean, like you said, it he he really does remind me of a 2017 Blake Bortles.
1: Which is it's crazy to say that you want 2017 Blake Bortles anywhere gotta, in this economy.
0: I, I got to ask you about one more quarterback before we before we move on. Um, Gardner Minshew, he is the he is the QB eleven in fantasy on the year. He's coming off of back to back over twenty one point games in the last in three of the last four weeks. He's had over twenty one points each of those weeks. Um, he currently is four and four as a pro, and his only losses have come to the Kansas City Chiefs, the Houston Texans. The New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers before they lost all their momentum do you think that Gardner Minshew is going to keep his job when Nick Foles is eligible to return
1: all of those losses too, outside of the Chiefs uh, because Nick Foles did start that game were by one score lost to the Texans by one point lost to the Carolina Panthers by a touchdown and lost to the uh, New Orleans Saints by a touchdown so that's pretty damn impressive for a, you know a day three pick. I would love to see Gardner Minshew finish the season for this team. I'm also very excited that Nick Foles is healthy. Um, it seems like the Jaguars are going to be, you know, all aboard giving Nick Foles his job back when he is 100 percent ready to go. So it's definitely something to monitor, um, especially since they head to London and uh, he'll be playing this week, and then they have a bye week. So after that bye week, I think is where you know decision time is going to roll in because. Uh, the Jaguars still have a real shot at this division uh, or to even make a, a wild card because of their schedule. You know, they're at Indianapolis after this Houston game in London. Uh, they're at Tennessee, and then they play Tampa Bay, the Chargers, at Oakland, at Atlanta, and then they finish the season up against Indianapolis. So the the Jaguars have a tough decision on their hands, and, uh, you know, one way or another, it could affect whether or not they make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think... Uh... I think it all comes down to Week 9. You know, if Gardner Minshew goes out there and somehow beats the red-hot Houston Texans, I, I can't see them taking the job away from this kid. You know, it's it's exactly what I was saying with Kyle Allen coming in to the San Francisco game. You know, Kyle Allen comes in, he's 4-0 as a starter, and if he were to somehow take down the San Francisco 49ers and look excellent doing it, this was going to be his job moving forward. However, he got completely destroyed against San Francisco. And now, in my mind, I know that when Cam Newton's healthy, it's going to be his job again. So I think the future of Gardner Minshew really comes down to this Sunday. So for those of you who are Minshew fans, for those of you that have been relying on him in fantasy, you better hope he gets a big win this weekend or else we, we could very well see the last bit of Minshew mania on Sundays.
1: Yeah. It could be very similar to what we saw this week as drew Brees made his return in style against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, taking away the job from Teddy Bridgewater, uh, after he went five and zero in drew Brees' absence, Brees said, nah, this is my job, buddy. 373 yards through the air, three touchdowns. And, uh, drew Brees is back, man.
0: He definitely is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hate the Saints with all my heart. Don't we all? But I can't, I can't hate Drew Brees. He's he's a great guy. He's a great quarterback. Future Hall of Famer. I mean, he, he, I, I don't like rooting for the Saints. I will never root for the Saints. But I will never root against Drew Brees. So, good for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, it just stinks for Teddy Bridgewater uh, because he played fantastic. So, we'll see what happens with Teddy's future, too. If uh, he sticks around in New Orleans because it doesn't look like Drew Brees is slowing down anytime soon or if uh, he goes elsewhere. But uh, this week was full of a lot of uh, interesting things, too, Mikey, because, you know, teams were, were going off, teams that were, uh, you know, kind of hot, cooled down, and uh, the Miami Dolphins almost won a game.
0: That was so worrying. So, just just to give everyone some, uh, some context, I needed 11 points from Pittsburgh's defense last night, and I was thinking to myself, okay, there it gets Miami. They've had 11 points in the last four or five weeks straight for fantasy. I got this. They're against Miami. And then they open up, and they looked so flat, and I did not win my matchup until there was like five minutes left in the game. Uh, Miami definitely gave me a scare, and I know they gave Pittsburgh one.
1: For sure. And, uh, but you know who, who cheered us up a bit, Mikey, was the combination from the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill and Jonu Smith doing the oh, damn thing. Yes. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I need you to throw for a little bit more yards when you're playing the quarterback position, but I will take Just three not touchdowns this weekend. <laughs> I will take three touchdowns from you any day of the week, especially when they're going to my streaming tight end, Johnny Smith, uh, waiver wire pickups of the week, arguably.
0: Definitely. I uh you and I had the exact same plan. I picked up Tannehill and Johnny Smith in my other league. You picked up Tannehill and Johnny Smith in our league. We both played him in our respective leagues, and we were both texting each other all day, uh, especially in the first quarter when Jonu Smith caught that touchdown from Ryan Tannehill. That was too awesome. You know, we said that Tannehill was firmly on the streaming option. He did – or firmly streaming option. He did great. Jonu Smith was the third highest scoring tight end of the week in week eight, and he definitely didn't disappoint a single person. Um, So definitely very cool to see. I'm hoping – Ryan Tannehill does not have any success this week against the Carolina Panthers because, obviously, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. (laughs) But uh, it was definitely cool to see that happen in Week 8.
1: And I said back in August, if Ryan Tannehill plays for these Tennessee Titans, they'll win more games. And they're doing just that. They're winning more games with Ryan Tannehill under center. And you'll love to see
0: it. 2-0, 2-0. I mean, think about this. Ryan Tannehill has the same amount of wins as Marcus Mariota this this year, and Marcus Mariota played four more games than he did.
1: Disgusting! Absolutely, Absolutely. abysmal. Uh,
0: and before we before we move on, um, since we brought up Johnny Smith, I feel like we have to bring up the top two tight ends of the week. Oh yes, and that would be Ryan Griffin of the New York Jets scoring twenty four point six fantasy points, and Darren Fells of the Houston Texans scoring 23.8 just as we all drew it up ryan griffin and darren Fells, the top two tight ends of this week not only listen to this darren Fells is currently 21 percent owned in yahoo leagues ryan griffin zero percent owned thanks for helping out
1: what what ballers man and you know ryan griffin playing for those stinking new york jets who absolutely stink ruined my day with Le'Veon Bell because Adam Gase doesn't know how to scheme an offense for a talented running back like him and that's why I lost my matchup so Ryan Griffin I blame this on you
0: how crazy is it that Le'Veon Bell's name got brought up on the trade deadline though?
1: dude when that when I saw that come across uh, the hashtag not a sponsor sleeper app I was floored I immediately sent you the screenshot of the article and I was like what is going on you were like what the fuck And I was like, let's get crazy. And then, you know, the trade deadline being today as we record this on the 29th, nothing happened at all. All the trades that were any, you know, changing type of trades happened beforehand. You know, Emmanuel Sanders performing well for the 49ers this past weekend. happened last week. You know, uh, Jordan Howard playing for the Eagles happened in the offseason. All these trades that have made major implications to teams – did not happen at the trade deadline. All these names being thrown out at the trade deadline, whether they were offense or defense players. I was very disappointed that the one trade we got today, Mikey, was Akib Tlaib, who is on injured reserve and will not play the rest of the season, along with a, a fifth-round pick going from the Rams to the Miami Dolphins for a 2022 seventh-round pick. The Dolphins essentially bought a fifth-round pick by taking on a keep-to-leave salary and a guy who will probably never see the field for them ever in his career.
0: It's nuts. That was that was just the weirdest thing to see. You, I texted you immediately, just with the words "ha ha 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 ha," and you immediately knew what I was talking about. I
1: was so disgusted. You know, Diana Russanini from ESPN. Please, never tweet again about trades. She tweeted, you know, about 2 o'clock, you know, hold on, more trades coming, and then nothing happened. I was oh, yeah. I was highly disappointed. Derek Gunn from NBC Sports Philadelphia, when we thought some sort of Eagles trade was going to go down because whenever Howie Roseman makes a trade, it's silent. He said, hold on, I'm about to drop some heat or some fire, and then he goes and trolls and says he's talking about music. Like, get out of here. You are a reporter. People are coming to you for information on the trade deadline. You can't be trolling people like that. Adam Schefter, uh, you know, Ian Rapoport, please give credit where credit's due because the Falcons cut Matt Bryant this morning. Shout out to the homie Evan Birchfield from the Falcoholic breaking that news. Give credit where it's due. This trade deadline was an absolute disaster.
0: Yeah, it was boring. Uh, it was, it was really boring. I, when I first texted you this morning to wish you a happy birthday, I said, Hey man, trade deadline today. What else could you ask for? It's going to be exciting. I know. And I said, uh, ain't
1: no rest for the wicked. Shout out to cage the elephant. And, uh, you know, I was prepared all day to record an emergency podcast about the trade deadline. Like I did last year when golden Tate was traded to the Eagles and a whole bunch of other trades went down, but nothing happened. And I was highly disappointed.
0: You know what? You won't be disappointed in though, Kyle
1: i'm sure you're gonna tell me
0: if you visit trophysmack.com.
1: oh i see what you did there
0: yeah you like that that was a good one (laughs) so trophy smack is the place to go for all of your fantasy championship needs and mind you fantasy championship we're halfway there we are through eight weeks and we have another eight weeks to go until someone in your league hopefully it's you not you kyle the listener i don't want you to win our league (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, the Hopefully, way it's looking, you know. I probably won't.
0: <laughs> but Trophy Smack, they've got trophies, they've got rings, they have championship belts. All of their items come with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and are completely customizable and can be engraved however you need. And if you order from TrophySmack.com using promo code GOALINE, that's G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, At checkout, not only will you get free shipping and a free engraving, but you'll get a $59 value championship ring for absolutely free with the purchase of that trophy.
1: Free is for me. I like gifts. I'm hoping the fantasy gods deliver for me this week so I can head over to trophysmack.com and order myself a championship belt to wear to our draft next year and look like an absolute stud because I use that promo code goal Line, and while I'm wearing my belt around my shoulder, around my waist I'll also be flexing that free $59 value ring on my finger
0: exactly, you can't beat it so get on over there, put in the code do the damn thing and uh, you enjoy the rest
1: shout out to the homies at Trophy Smack
0: so as always, we always go from our big winners of the week to our big old stinkers of the week. And uh dude, Baker Mayfield has just been so abysmal this season.
1: He's terrible.
0: I I understand that he got done playing against the New England Patriots, which they're gonna They're gonna ruin whoever they play against. Let's be real here. But Baker Mayfield at the quarterback position. He is the number 81 overall player in fantasy. That is absolutely insane to be a quarterback and be ranked that low. I mean, he was a guy that was like 98% owned at the beginning of the season, who's being taken in the fourth, fifth, early sixth rounds, and he is down to being only owned in 61% of leagues. Um, can we expect any sort of turnaround? with the schedule kind of getting a little better after week 11 or do you think it's just get this guy off my team right now
1: um the the latter because freddie kitchens is not a good coach like i've been saying for a few weeks now and it's hurting baker mayfield it's hurting odell beckham jr it's hurting jarvis landry Uh, i don't know if you saw the funny uh thing trending on twitter after that game mikey where it was you know odell with the giants versus odell with the browns and it was, you know, two side by side pictures of somebody when they were elite and somebody when they stunk. My comparison was uh, Brett Favre with the Packers versus Brett Favre with the Jets. Uh, I'd like to uh, pat myself on the back for that one, but yeah, Baker Mayfield absolutely is atrocious this year, and uh, I, I, you know, put a put a lot of blame on Baker because he's got to be better. But I also put a lot of blame on Freddie Kitchens because he's not scheming this offense to do the best that it can. And uh, that's why the Browns are, are the typical Browns right now and whatever, not what everybody was hyping them up to be uh, at the beginning of the season. And I'm glad I didn't buy in on that hype of the Browns being you know this elite team because they're atrocious.
0: Yeah, they're, they're really bad. And it uh, kind of makes you laugh with how much money people put on them to win the Super Bowl before this stupid. season started. Stupid, like,
1: stupid, stupid.
0: I think the worst thing is the odds. I mean, weren't they like a top five, top six team in terms of odds to win the Super Bowl? Like, it's nuts. Yep,
1: they were They were blown up, and it was it's absolutely hilarious. Because I'm not a big Browns guy. You know, they thought they were too good for Carson Wentz, who's my boy, and uh, it's blown up in their face to this day.
0: No doubt. Um, I want to bring up another young quarterback, too. So he was very electric over the first six weeks of the season. But the last two weeks, he has combined for less than 18 fantasy points. Um, He faced against the Giants in week seven, which is a very easy matchup. Should have had more than seven points. But then he had a tough matchup against the New Orleans Saints this past week. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. Um, Now, this week, he gets San Francisco. And then he gets San Francisco again in week 11. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm... I'm too afraid to start Kyler Murray in either of those matchups, and I'm, I'm kind of nervous with him going forward.
1: Yeah, uh, Kyler Murray, I'm going to have to uh, ask you to take a seat right here, and I'm going to change your position from quarterback in fantasy to LOLB. And it stands for normally left outside linebacker, but in this instance in fantasy purposes, it's going to stand for left outside left bench because you are going <laughs> to be benched whenever you play against the 49ers defense because, Mikey, the Patriots are getting all the hype, but, man, the 49ers defense is beyond legit.
0: Yeah, they're pretty terrifying. I mean, not to toot Christian McCaffrey's horn like I always do, but I'm fairly positive he has been the only player to face against San Francisco this year and actually be successful.
1: Yeah, and actually look like their actual self. <laughs> yeah, I also and it's – I don't know if you saw the uh, the other tweet from you know just some random guy, but apparently he played against Nick and Joey Bosa in high school, and he was like, "I'll never forgive my high school coach for making me go up against these guys, single teaming them." He was like, "I was scarred for the rest of my life." They put up seventy two points on us.
0: Yeah, that's that coach that's should just never just coach again. Acid. No, he shouldn't. I did see that tweet. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But, uh, yeah, so I want to move on to – you brought up your boy Carson Wentz. So now I need to bring up his boy, Zach Ertz.
1: I told you I was Dude, nervous last week.
0: You did, and you also did say you would rather start Dallas Goddard. Which I if did. If people listen to you, they would be pretty happy because Dallas Goddard got over 11 points, and Zach Ertz only had four points. Yeah. Um, what are you What are you doing with him going forward?
1: Uh, I mean, it doesn't look good in until December. Like I said, you know, the Eagles play the Bears this coming Sunday. Then they get a bye week, so you're not even going to be able to use Zach Ertz uh, or Dallas Goddard. And then they come off the bye for two games at home against the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, who are two very formidable defenses, two formidable teams. Um, it's It's terrifying, you know, if If you can and you're a Zach Ertz owner, and you can trade him based off of his name, I'd say go for it because, you know, right now the way the Eagles are constructed until I'd say until Deshaun Jackson comes back, which is promising for this Bears game from what I've been, uh, you know, gathering, this offense isn't functioning at 100% like it should, and it's affecting Zach Ertz the most.
0: Yeah, it's been a pretty, pretty big heartbreak with Zach Ertz.
1: Mm-hmm. Big the comeback, least. down to earth season.
0: Yeah, I do really like him for the last four weeks of the season with Miami, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas. But if you, if if you're a Zach Ertz owner and you are currently sitting at eight and zero, seven and one, even six and two, I say you hold on to Zach Ertz and use him in the playoffs because he's going to be good. He is going to be great in those weeks. However. If you need wins now, if you're sitting at five wins, four wins, three wins, and you're a Zach Ertz owner, you you got to come up with something to to produce over the next four weeks or else you're not going to get the chance to use him in the playoffs.
1: Totally agree.
0: And then one more tie-down I want to bring up is, um, you know, I'm not too worried about him. He just got paid a ton of money. He's coming off of, you know, a, a nine-point game. Darren Waller of the Oakland Raiders. Put up only nine point one points, two catches, only eleven yards. Saved his day with a touchdown. Uh, but in week seven, he had over one hundred twenty yards, two receiving touchdowns. Um, Darren Waller's schedule for the remainder of the season—not exactly the easiest. Are you, are you tempering expectations with him moving forward, or do you think this two catch eleven yard game is kind of an oddity?
1: Uh, a little bit of both, to be honest. I think there's going to be a little bit of you know ups and downs here and there. Um, I thought it was a little strange that the, the Raiders decided to pay him now. Um, but, I mean, you know, there's going to be ups and downs with, with every player, and there's some guys I'm going to ask you about after this too that uh, have some ups and downs. But, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a mixed bag with Darren Waller. You know, teams are, are kind of getting a little bit of film on him, know that Derek Carr likes to throw to him more than anybody on that team. So uh, if, if teams are scheming for that, you're going to see a little bit more bumps in the road when it comes to Darren Waller at the tight end position.
0: We you know what the issue is? The issue is that I started him in fantasy this week, and I <laughs> doomed the rest of the world. So I've had him since week one was over, and I haven't started him once. <laughs> Not a single time. And I finally started him this week, and he puts up close to a stinker. So you guys can blame that on me. And for the record, I'll be starting him the rest of the way, so... Take that how
1: you will. Oh boy! Now, Mikey, let's get into some running backs that were uh, just very not good. Uh, like you said, Matt Breida got injured, only put up six points. Not looking good for him for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, six point five points this week. Not great at all. Along with Sony Michelle putting up seven point four points this week. I know you're not a big Sony guy, but I know you're a big Le'Veon guy. What do you make of uh, these two performances from Le'Veon Bell and Sony Michelle? Hashtag well, bars.
0: Well, with Le'Veon Bell, I'm not worried at all. Um, I I do know Adam Gase doesn't like him. He made that very clear multiple times this season, multiple times before the season, and especially today, or since you're listening to this on Wednesday, yesterday, the trade deadline, when he literally told everyone that Le'Veon Bell is very very available for the right price. However, moving forward, Le'Veon Bell's schedule is an absolute cakewalk. Sam Darnold did not lose Robbie Anderson. He didn't lose Le'Veon Bell. He didn't lose anyone on this offense. So I think this offense is going to start clicking like we thought it was. Uh, He's got a game against Miami this week, then the Giants, then Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, and Miami again. I mean, these next six weeks for Le'Veon Bell they all have potential to be massive, massive, massive games. And um, I know a lot of people's trade deadlines are coming up in the next week and a half. This is your last chance to buy Le'Veon Bell because he's coming off of two, arguably three um, not-so-great weeks, and I think you're going to see a big turnaround. So to answer your question, I I love Le'Veon Bell moving yeah, forward plus,
1: for the rest of the plus season. Plus Le'Veon's championship matchup is those pittsburgh steelers
0: yeah and that game could go either way you know you don't know if that's going to be a revenge game for bell or if it's going to be a revenge game for the steelers so that's that's a game that's going to go either way but you know you you don't bench your studs especially in the playoffs so with that one you're just going to have to take a wait and see approach
1: yeah it's going to be interesting because uh i got a decision to make with Le'Veon bell too whether I'm going to go all in and uh, make a playoff push, or if I'm going to sell him in my final few weeks of owning him for the last seven years, uh, Sony Michelle, though, in a, a positive game script where the Patriots were leading uh, seven point four points a lot, we saw a lot of James White in this game. Um, we still sticking with late, with Sony Michelle being kind of a, a lower end flex, or are we moving him to the bench a little bit?
0: What if I told you Sony Michelle is just Derek Henry wearing a different jersey?
1: Whoa! I didn't realize Sony Michelle was that thick.
0: <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, Derek Henry is one of those guys in fantasy where he doesn't have as much value in PPR leagues as he does in standard leagues. Because. Yeah, dude, Sony Michel, 21 rushing attempts for 74 yards, not a bad day. I mean, it, it could be a lot better on 21 rush attempts, but 74 rushing yards, it's not a bad day, but it doesn't translate well into fantasy, and that's the thing. Sony Michel, and while I'm talking about him, Derek Henry, these are both guys that don't have a lot of PPR upside and are very touchdown dependent. I mean, these guys could go off any week for 90, 100, 110 rushing yards. But if they're not having more than one catch a week and if they're not finding the end zone, they're really not any more valuable than, than a flex. You know. And I know, I know Derrick Henry is sitting at, uh, I, th- I think, RB11 or RB12 currently. But as I was saying with Aaron Jones earlier, you know, if you take away that week one, there's, there's, a, there's a much different story for him. Same thing with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had 30 points in week one. If you take away week one, he has not done anything stellar from week two until this point. So I I, I don't like him a ton going forward. Sony Michel Sony Michelle's in the same boat for me. You know, he is a great real life running back. If you're in a standard league, you gotta keep using him. But I'm just I'm not a big fan of using touchdown dependent running backs.
1: Here's my here's my verdict. Order in the court. I'm officially out on Sony Michelle for the rest of the season. Shark Tank done with him. shark hoo ha I'm done with Sony Michelle
0: shark boo ha That's a great movie. I haven't watched that movie in a while.
1: I am officially out on him. He can he can sit on the on the shelf with with my PlayStation cuz he's Sony. I'm done with him.
0: Yeah, see I was never really with him And I was never really with Derrick Henry, which is why my conversation always seems to come back to either making fun of Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: But, yeah, those were the two running backs that kind of stuck out to me. And I have a couple wide receivers. Uh, You just tell me, are are you worried? Are we concerned? What should we do with these three guys? Odell Beckham Jr., T.Y. Hilton, and the aforementioned Robbie Anderson.
0: Okay, so I'll start with Robbie Anderson because he's an easy one for me. Same thing with Bell. He's got a great schedule coming up. They didn't change this offense. Their defense is completely decimated right now, so they're going to need their offense to step up if they don't want to lose out the rest of their games, including the two games against Miami. I think Robbie Anderson is going to be a, a worthy wide receiver three to finish out the season. I know this time last week we were saying wide receiver two, but he just he this offense didn't show up against Jacksonville. Easier days are ahead, but uh, I I would proceed with caution saying he's a wide receiver too. But I am starting Robbie Anderson on the weekly basis. I'm also still starting Ty Hilton on a weekly basis. And I, I'm to be completely honest, I'm not worried about him at all. I think Jacoby yeah. Brissett has been awesome for the most part, and he's got a good rapport with Ty Hilton. And again, going back to the schedules. T.Y. Hilton, aside from maybe two of his last eight games in, in fantasy, not bad matchups at all. So T.Y., uh, I'm, I'm really, really not too concerned with at all. Yeah, T.Y. Uh,
1: doubled down on his uh you know appreciation and love for Jacoby Brissett this week on the Pat McAfee show. And uh, Pat asked him, he's like, you know, were, were you this high on Jacoby coming into the season? Because I think if you say yes, you're, you're kidding yourself. and uh ty said we were all this high on jacoby brissett so anybody that doubted him is uh is looking really foolish right now so they've always had belief and trust in him even when andrew luck was there so i think that's why that relationship has uh been so dynamic and that's why we've seen this colts team look really good
0: yeah and you know what they say bill belichick knows how to make a winning quarterback
1: that's very true those three quarterbacks 20 and 2 this season man 20 and 2
0: that's absolutely incredible Absolutely incredible. Ridiculous. J- J- Jacoby Brissett, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tom Brady, all products of Bill Belichick, all doing absolutely incredible in 2019. But yes, to answer your question, T.Y. Hilton, I'm not panicking on at all. Odell Beckham Jr., on the other hand, we have been panicking about him pretty much the entire season. Uh, as Dude, I don't know. I... If I were an Odell owner, which thankfully I am not in any of my eight leagues, I don't own him in a single league. If I owned him, I would have tried to sell him by now. Because at this point, I don't know how much you're going to get for him if you try to move him.
1: Yeah. uh, He's had two pretty much really dynamic games, uh, one against the Jets and then against the Seahawks. He had over 15 points. But other than that, Odell has been pedestrian this season. And yeah it's it's just it doesn't look good for the rest of the fantasy season He's got Denver in Denver this week then they uh they host Buffalo Pittsburgh, Miami, then they're at Pittsburgh, home against Cincinnati at Arizona home against Baltimore
0: yeah, I like him in about half of these weeks just based off of matchup yeah, but at the same time you have to take into consideration that he has Baker Mayfield throwing him the football yep. and he has Freddie Kitchens coaching him. So I, I I, genuinely do not know what to do with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, but I can tell you this, I'm not starting him right now.
1: Not a chance in hell.
0: I would start just looking at his schedule. I would start him in week 12 against Miami. I would start him in week 14 against Cincinnati and week 15 against Arizona. And, just on paper, those are the only three out of the next eight weeks that I'm touching.
1: Yep, and that's not good. That's not good fantasy production to only be able to play a guy of his caliber three out of eight weeks.
0: Well, especially since he was drafted in the late first, early second round in most drafts. I mean, the the, the amount of potential that this Cleveland Browns offense had was through the roof, and Odell Beckham was he was a top three receiver. Uh, at the very worst top five in most people's rankings coming into this season so the fact that he has been nothing but disappointing is it's disappointing
1: yeah uh, could you say that there's uh, too many cooks in the kitchens
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much just because <laughs> it's your birthday doesn't mean you get a pass I'm older I'm allowed to make these these dad <laughs> oh jokes now oh gosh yeah, seriously. Well, uh, good. gosh, just keep them to yourself, please.
1: Do <laughs> <laughs> any cooks in the kitchens. That's the name of this episode.
0: Oh, man. But I think that'll, oh, gosh. But I think for the stickers, I we left you lost for that words. Obviously, there are a handful that we didn't, <laughs> you really did, you really did. But uh, obviously, there are a few that we didn't touch base on because there's, he knocked it off over there, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention at the beginning of this episode are, are some of the injuries. You know, I just realized we completely skipped that portion of the show. <laughs> um, one injury One injury that comes to mind, well, two in, injuries that come to mind, Andy Trading, all within the same team, the Arizona Cardinals running backs, David Johnson expected out this Thursday. Chase edmonds uh hurt his hamstring expected out not only this Thursday but at least the following week as well. For those of you who live under a rock, Kenyon Drake has ended up in Arizona and should be the lead back starting as early as this Thursday against the San Francisco 49ers.
1: Yeah, that's a little scary to be honest uh because I mean Kenyon didn't travel with the Dolphins for Monday night football. And he's on a short week, and he's just kind of being thrown in against the San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, Prayers up. Let's have a moment of silence for Kenyon Drake. (laughs) And uh, there we go. Because uh, even though he got traded (laughs) two out of these next three weeks, the Cardinals play the 49ers, and it's not good. It is not good at all uh, for any of those players.
0: No, it's not good at all. And speaking of the injuries, uh, I can very well – I could see David Johnson coming back in the Tampa Bay game because it is a game that Arizona should win, and uh, I think they're going to take advantage of that if they can. I think Chase Edmonds is going to be firmly out of this lineup until Week 13. Uh, As you were saying, Arizona has two out of the next three games against San Francisco, and then they have a bye in Week 12. So I would personally expect Chase Edmonds to just sit out through the bye.
1: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: And then uh, any anything else interesting? I mean, there was nothing at the trade deadline. Uh, I know Pat Mahomes, he's injured right now. He might be back as early as this week. There's a lot of talk surrounding him. He's going to try to go this Sunday, so we will see what happens there. It's definitely a situation to monitor moving forward. And then uh, as we have been every week, I guess I should touch on the whole Kyle Allen, Cam Newton thing, um, especially now that there is a losing week for Kyle Allen, so – I kind of mentioned earlier in the show that this was definitely going to be Cam's New- Cam Newton's job when he's healthy again um, because Kyle Allen showed that he is human, and even though it was the San Francisco 49ers defense, he probably looked worse than any quarterback that has faced against San Francisco so far this season.
1: Yeah, it was pretty bad.
0: Uh, it was very tough to watch.
1: Not not a good look at all for uh, the Kyle Allen stands on the Twitter machine. Um, Cam Newton's not going anywhere And I, I agree with you As soon as he's fully healthy He'll be back uh, playing quarterback for your Carolina Panthers It's simple yeah, as that
0: I, I could see it happening I, I, it's, They already announced Kyle Allen's going to be starting in week 9 But uh, I think Cam Newton's getting close You know, He traveled with the team to San Francisco He was there on the sideline um, He was there for Kyle Allen He was there for the rest of the team So I think there's a very real possibility That we could see Cam Newton back on the field In week 10 when the Carolina Panthers visit Green Bay so that's definitely something to keep an eye on if you have an extra roster spot and you are in desperate need at the quarterback position I'm not guaranteeing that Cam Newton is gonna be back in week 10 but if they do announce that he's back in week 10 this might be your last time to don't even use a waiver claim on him but you could probably add drop him uh, tomorrow after the waiver's clear because it's probably going to be the last time that he isn't a waiver priority for someone in your league.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And speaking of uh, you know, sneaky waiver, that's my charity league. Josh Allen's my quarterback, and uh, somebody had dropped Drew Brees, Mikey, and I picked up Drew Brees this week without having to use a waiver claim. Uh, it was wow. a beautiful thing. But uh, speaking on the injury front too, I, I brought it up earlier, Deshaun Jackson uh, looks like he has a real shot to play this week against the Chicago Bears, which is going to elevate the hell out of this Eagles offense. So if you own any Eagles, you know, put a put a spoon under your pillow like it's a snow day. Uh, you know, say your prayers and blessings, whatever you got to do to make sure Deshaun Jackson's out there. The only stinky, sh- you know, thing that it comes with this is that Deshaun's not going to be 100% the rest of the way. He's going to have to deal with pain uh, through the rest of this season because, should have just got the damn surgery, Deshaun. In week week three, you should've just got the surgery and you'd be perfectly fine now, but um he he looks like he's got a real shot to play, according to multiple uh, you know, Eagles reporters and insiders and stuff like that. So that's a big boost for this Eagles offense, whether it's for Deshaun or any of the other players around him.
0: And one last one before we move on to the starts and the sits of the week. Did we touch base on James Conner?
1: James Conner, man. Uh, hell of a game, but injured his shoulder. Looks like it's an AC joint injury, which is a, a as as lightly as you can put it a good sign uh, because you know on the sideline the the team you know doctor and and trainers and stuff were whispering clavicle, and my my heart sunk into my gut because if he broke his clavicle, James Conner would have been done for the season. Uh, Mike Tomlin announced that it was his AC joint after the game. He's going to be limited all week in practice, but it looks like he's going to play. But it is definitely something to monitor because he's not going to be
0: 100%. Yeah, and I think uh, Jalen Samuel is going to be a very popular waiver ad this week. If he is on your waivers, you have to go out and get him. Um, speaking of my terrible luck with players, I don't know if you saw in our league yesterday, Kyle, but I uh, I made a trade. And I traded away a seventh-round pick and Jalen Samuels for an 11th-round pick and Devin Singletary. And while I do really, really like Devin Singletary, go figure that the second I trade away Jalen Samuels, he gets some fantasy value.
1: Yeah, that uh, is not ideal for you. But uh, I, I like Devin Singletary moving forward. I think he's going to be a pretty quality player for you.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I we'll, we'll talk more about him once we dive into the starts and sits, but I... Uh, I definitely like his matchup this week. So we will dive on in to the starts and sits of the week. We'll start off by saying the Falcons, the Bengals, the Rams, and the Saints are all on bye week. So say goodbye to Julio Jones. Say goodbye to Cooper Cup. Say goodbye to Michael Thomas. You don't have any of those guys this week. But you do have a Thursday night game, San Francisco visiting the Arizona Cardinals, this is a weird one for fantasy.
1: Yeah, I only really like Tevin Coleman and George Kittle in this game, if I'm being completely honest.
0: I kind of like Emmanuel Sanders a lot that in this game,
1: I, too. I'm totally forgetting that he is uh, on the 49ers now, but, yeah, I agree, too. Those three guys right there are uh, your bread and butter for this week in the final game in the month of October for the 2019 season. Yes,
0: yeah, spooky night Halloween, spooky night Halloween game. But uh, but yeah, from the Arizona Cardinals side, I can't trust. I can't trust any of the receivers, especially with the way Kyler Murray's been playing yeah. and how San Francisco's defense has been playing. And normally, I would say no matter what the matchup, start David Johnson. But he's not going to be in there, and Chase Edmonds isn't going to be there. So I don't. I don't think there is a single player outside of maybe Arizona's kicker Zane Gonzalez, who's a top three kicker right now. I don't think there's any fantasy value to be had in Arizona.
1: Yeah, Larry Fitz is is not ideal in this one, although Christian Kirk had a great game against the Saints. Uh, the 49ers' defense is is next level, and I don't think Christian Kirk will have the same uh, production there. But it is good to see Christian Kirk is back because down the stretch it could play uh, pay dividends for a lot of people.
0: For sure. And going from the final game in October to the very first game, of November, we have a nine thirty a.m. Eastern Time game being played over in London. Uh, Houston, technically visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars. You mean the London
1: uh, Jaguars?
0: I, the London Jaguars. There's a lot. There's a lot for fantasy that I like in this game.
1: Yeah, this game's gonna be very interesting. Uh, dare I say, you know, since it is the final, uh, you know, October Halloween game. This isn't a popcorn game, Mikey. This is a candy corn game.
0: Candy corn game. I like it. I like I, it. I, I, like,
1: it. I like this game a
0: lot. I gotta ask you, before we, before we move on. Do you like candy corn?
1: I'm a big candy corn guy.
0: See, I like candy corn too. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite candy. But when Halloween comes around, it's just not complete without a handful of candy corn.
1: Yeah, I look forward to the balls of candy corn being out.
0: Absolutely. So, moving back... Football. Now that we have established that those who are hating on candy corn, this is why we're the weird. number one
1: fantasy podcast around.
0: Exactly because we don't hate on candy corn, and uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson hates on candy corn either because he has been playing absolutely lights out. And uh, if you even need to ask us if he's worth a start, reevaluate yourself because yes, of course he's worth a start. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Watson must start. DeAndre Hopkins must start. Uh, I think Kenny Still's can definitely be started in this game as a low end flex option, especially with all of the buys this week. And then, uh, if you had to choose between the two, Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, who you picking?
1: I think I'm rolling with Duke Johnson in this game.
0: I think so too. Um, Jacksonville, even though they're not incredible against the run game this year, uh, I think they're going to. Uh, largely keep Carlos Hyde in check, but I do think Duke Johnson is going to see a few opportunities through the air. And then before we talk about Jacksonville, i got to ask you, Darren Fels, um, he's been playing pretty damn good football for the Houston Texans, and uh, it's kind of looking like Deshaun Watson trusts him, especially with him throwing that uh, incredible touchdown Ridiculous. to him after after getting kicked in the face. Kicked in the that, face. He threw that to Darren Fells. so do you like Darren Fells as a streamer this week against Jacksonville?
1: Darren Fells, uh, come on down. You're the next contestant on the streaming tight end market because Austin Hooper is on a buy. The conglomerate of Cincinnati Bengals tight ends are on the buy. Gerald Everett is on a buy, and if you still have him, Jared Cook is on a buy and still injured. So yes, I do like Mister Fells in this one because uh, it's a it's a hefty buy week for tight ends, and I think uh, it's a good play.
0: Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think at the very least, he's going to be a low end RB one. Uh, when I say low end RB one, at, at the very least, tight I'm end one. Really like or tight end one. Yeah, uh, as you can see, my mind is always on Christian McCaffrey. And to <laughs> about the running backs. But uh, but yeah, I think he's very serviceable this week. And then on the Jacksonville side, Leonard Fournette is an obvious must start, especially now that JJ Watt is out. That really really sucks for jj but it's really really good for anyone facing against the houston texans for the rest of the way um so i really like leonard fournette i really like gardner Minshew in this one and then obviously obviously you can't hate on dj chark
1: we love dj chark in these parts of course
0: although i would like to see him play very poorly this week since i am going against uh mr kyle bennett who has dj chark
1: i do and i am loving life having dj chark and uh (laughs) He's going to be relied upon heavily because uh, Marquise Lee was placed on IR today and the rest of the Jaguars receivers are a little banged up. I don't think D.D. Westbrook is going to be playing this week with that neck injury. And, uh, you know, Chris Conley maybe be a, a streaming flex type, but other than that, it's mostly Leonard Fournette, Gardner Minshew, and D.J. Chark over in London for the London Jags.
0: For sure. And now we'll move back to the game's in the United States of America. And we'll start off with your Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Chicago bears. I don't, I don't like anyone from the bears except for Alan Robinson, to be completely yep. honest. I know, I know David Montgomery is coming off of a massive, massive game, but if there's one thing that the Eagles can do, right, it's shutting down the run game.
1: Yep. They're going to, they're going to shut down that bears running game. And I'm very happy about it. Um, But I agree, only Allen Robinson, because Mitchell Trubisky stinks.
0: He he does, he does. And he almost quite literally cannot complete a pass to anyone other than Allen Robinson. And as we've seen, this Eagles secondary is beatable. Allen Robinson is a very talented receiver, so I think he will be good enough to scrounge out a wide receiver today against Philly. Uh, What are we doing with the eagles so miles sanders and jordan howard are both coming off of pretty big fantasy days uh the receivers kind of quiet last week dallas goddard had a touchdown who do you like from the eagles against that chicago bears defense
1: um i think miles sanders in ppr leagues he he's going to be fine according to all reports from that injury he suffered against the bills it looks like he's going to be okay uh i like him as a receiver in this game because i think he's going to be able to make some plays through the air like he has been all season long and uh I don't know why, but I'm feeling like this is kind of an Alshon revenge game.
0: You think so, huh?
1: I I just feel like Alshon turns it up when he plays against the Bears. And uh, I feel a a sneaky Carson's going to feed the ball to Alshon. Deshaun Jackson's going to be used as a decoy-type game. And uh, I think Alshon's going to eat in this game.
0: Do you think the Eagles are jealous that Alshon never put up a 1,400-yard receiving year for them?
1: I don't think so, because we got a Super Bowl.
0: That's, that's very true. <laughs> I, st- I still remember when I drafted Alshon Jeffrey that year, uh, in like the fourteenth round. It was the it was our startup year of yep. our keeper league, and I took him just as a complete flyer because I heard his name once before, and uh, he that was his breakout year. I mean, dude, yeah, dude a hell of a career off. for himself. Oh, I know, and he has had nothing but success since then. Uh, I'm a big Alshon Jeffrey fan, as you know. I know you obviously are too. Uh, and I, I I am willing to start him this week. I'm tempering expectations a little bit. I don't think he's going to have this big blow up spot game, but I think he's very worthy of at, at worst a flex. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally agree. Uh,
0: moving on to Indianapolis visiting Pittsburgh. We talked about Jacoby Brissett and T Y Hilton, um, and how we're not benching either one of those guys. But this Pittsburgh defense has actually been pretty good. And aside from looking completely flat in the first quarter of their game against Miami, they completely shut down that team and they have completely shut down many teams over the past four or five weeks. So what are we doing with Indianapolis?
1: Mikey, my friend, this is a, a great spot for both teams to kind of uh, figure out what they're going to do for the rest of the season. Um, but I love Jacoby in this spot. I love T.Y. in this spot. I love Marlon Mack in this spot. Uh, I think they're, they're, I think this is going to be kind of a, a, a shootout-type game where these teams are going to be trading touchdowns all afternoon.
0: See, my only thing, though, is that Indianapolis has... It was a very low-scoring affair this past week, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, 15-13. Um,
1: they went on a 51-yard field goal from the GOAT, Adam Vinatieri.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Pittsburgh's defense is is better than Denver's defense right now. So I'm, I'm worried that there could be a bit of a hangover from last week and I know Pittsburgh they're coming off of a big primetime win. I mean, even though it was Miami uh, if you check the Steelers Twitter, I mean, the players are juiced up right now. So I, I do think that this defense could show some intensity this Sunday. However, uh, like you said, I'm still starting Jacoby Brissett T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack and then the age-old question, what are we doing with Indianapolis tight ends this week? Are we starting them? Do we think this is one of their weeks?
1: Not at all. Yeah, I would agree. Steelers linebackers, disgusting. TJ Watt, arguably better than JJ.
0: That's that's not even a bold take, I think. That is I, – I, I could almost agree.
1: Yeah, I've been saying it for the past couple years. TJ is insanely dominant, and – I don't I think these Colts linebackers are going to be doing a lot of blocking to prevent guys like TJ Watt and the rest of those uh Steelers linebackers from getting in after Jacoby. Uh so I view this as more of a blocking game for the Colts tight ends to allow Jacoby to do his thing.
0: So for Pittsburgh speaking of the tight end, Vance McDonald definitely on the streaming radar this week with how many buys there are. Um it's not a sexy play, but it'll do the trick if it must. Um, I got to ask you about two receivers and two running backs. So Deonta Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Obviously, with both of these guys coming off of a great game, and Juju just being Juju, uh, I can't imagine any scenario where someone's benching Juju this week. But Deonta Johnson, do you think he's an interesting play, or do you think we kind of can be done expecting that?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not really in on him. You know, it's Mason Rudolph. He's he's like a a box of chocolates—you never know what you're gonna get—and <laughs> that was last night. You know, as we record this Monday Night Football, he was—he uh, was—he was slinging the rock to his receivers deep. But then we've seen Mason Rudolph not throw a pass beyond five yards, so uh, it, it's tough for me to trust a guy like that uh, when he's more of a, a deep threat wide receiver than anything else.
0: Yeah, and speaking of uh, not knowing what we're going to get, James Conner potentially out of this game, but more than likely in. uh, Jalen Samuels coming back from a long stint on injury. What are we doing with these two running backs? Because Jalen Samuels is going to be a very popular waiver wire pickup, and James Conner is coming off of a great game. Uh, Are we we holding out hope that he plays? Is Jalen Samuels um still startable if James Connor does play what do you think the what do you think we're doing here
1: monitor the injury front all week long do yourself a favor be in tab be tuned in and uh you know I think they're both flex plays you don't want to lock somebody in if they're injured in a a starting role so just monitor the James Connor injury please do yourself a favor listen to me this week
0: so James Connor if he plays he's on your flex radar uh, is Jalen Samuels definitely still on your flex radar? Do you think James is going to give up a lot of work?
1: I, I and definitely I think, think so.
0: Then I think Jalen Samuels is, is definitely a flex play with legitimate RB2 upside if Jay, if uh, James Conner doesn't play. Definitely. Moving on to the Jets and the Miami Dolphins. God, do we even have to talk about this game? Lev Bell,
1: Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold. That's it.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and I, I know some people are going to be like, oh, Ryan Griffith, great game. No, 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 let's stay away from him, especially if Chris Harden comes back. Yeah. I um, mean, even then, I don't want any part in the tight end positions. Uh, Miami, though, Devontae Parker, actually been pretty damn consistent and pretty damn good the past few weeks, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, with the Jets' defense being kind of decimated by injuries. and and, Flexing. and that. I think, I think you could flex Devonta Parker if you are in desperate need of a flex play this week. You know
1: it's unfortunate, Mikey? One of our uh, preseason predictions fell short. Devonta Parker came up halfway. He's been fantasy relevant, but he did not get traded at today's NFL trade deadline.
0: No, he did not. But then again, nobody got traded at the <laughs> That's deadline. That's very true. It was an awful, awful day. Uh, moving on. Minnesota... Taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, for the Minnesota side. Uh, Adam Thielen should be back this week, so him, Stephon Diggs, Dalvin Cook, fire him up on all cylinders. Now, Kirk Cousins has been uh, this past week; he wasn't wasn't so great, but the few weeks before that, he was he was fire for fantasy. Um, anyone who plays against the Chiefs has a potential blow up spot. Are you streaming Kirk Cousins against the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: This, my friend, is a candy corn game.
0: Play everybody. Yeah, and I, especially if Pat Mahomes ends up coming back. I mean, if Matt Moore is still the quarterback, it complicates things a little bit um, to the point where I would only be playing Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey from this Kansas City offense. But if Pat Mahomes is back, you could fire up anyone that you have in a Kansas City uh, Jersey, especially if you need some, uh, some boom or bust upside.
1: Yeah, this game's going to be a lot of fun. Get your candy corn, get your popcorn, mix them all in a bowl. Have a nice little uh, early November not the band. haha. Late October, uh, nice little snack. Candy corn and popcorn together is oddly enough very good.
0: Uh, I brought this one up a little bit earlier when I was talking about Denton Singletary. Washington visiting Buffalo. I'm going to pause um,
1: you, Mikey, because this game is our wacky bonkers point spread of the week?
0: Oh boy, let's hear it!
1: The Buffalo Bills at home hosting the Washington Redskins. Buffalo is a minus ten.
0: Yeah, I think they cover that, especially with them being at home. I don't. I honestly expected it to be more.
1: That is the the most uh, you know differing in terms of point spread for Week Nine. Is a minus what 10 in favor of the Buffalo Bills. What was it Bills.
0: last week? What was it last week? Did I get it right?
1: Last week, we did not get it right. It was the oh. uh, Miami Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers were minus 14 and a half, and they just fell shy.
0: Oh, man. Just fell shy.
1: Uh, they fell shy. It's a
0: 13-point game. <laughs>
1: if, if the Steelers would have scored that touchdown instead of kicking the field goal, we would have had it right.
0: Oh, man. Oh, well. Coward. You win some, you lose some, but I don't know about you. I didn't have any money on it, so it doesn't matter.
1: Neither did I. We do this for the people, and we do it for fun.
0: Of course. So we know that um, Washington, really the only two people that have been worthy of anything recently is Terry McLaurin and Adrian Peterson. I'm not starting either one of them against Buffalo.
1: Darius Geis is practicing, though, so that is something to keep an eye on. Um, he
0: is. I think he's eligible to return in week 11.
1: Yes, uh, but I'm not playing anybody from Washington in this game, especially with them being on the road. Uh, Buffalo, though, I like Josh Allen. I like John Brown. I like Cole Beasley. I like Devin Singletary, and as a low end flex play, I kind of like a touchdown dependent Frank Gore.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, I I think you can you could stream almost any Buffalo Bill this year this week. Uh, Josh Allen, potential blow-up spot. John Brown, potential blow-up spot. And Devin Singletary, we're all waiting on a monumental game for him. If it's going to happen, I think it could start here.
1: Yeah, Bills fans, get your candy corn ready. You're playing everybody.
0: And then we got one more 1 o'clock game where even though it's not a candy corn game, I'll probably have to finish an entire bag to get through (laughs) it. The Tennessee Titans and the Carolina Panthers. Uh we'll start with the Tennessee Titans. I I I don't know what to make of Derrick Henry any week. I always trend just saying he's a low end RB two, high end flex play. And uh I, I think that's gonna remain true. You know, I know Carolina just got torched by Tevin Coleman, but they're not a bad running defense, you know, and I, I just don't yeah. see derrick henry breaking off any big ones this
1: week derrick henry and tevin coleman are two totally different styles of running back too so uh for sure i i i agree with you with with the derrick henry take right there uh do you do you like Corey davis and or aj brown against your panthers all bias aside
0: see i don't know if you asked me that this time last week i would have said yes but ryan Tannehill has shown that uh he doesn't love Corey Davis as much as we thought. And A.J. Brown, even though he had a touchdown, I think he only had like two or three targets this week. Yeah, Ryan so, Tannehill
1: wasn't slinging it to anybody except Johnny Smith.
0: Yeah, so I I don't know. I don't think there's anyone from this Tennessee offense that I'm streaming this week. I don't necessarily love Ryan Tannehill in this one. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are obviously both question marks. And then I would say to stream Johnny Smith. But Delaney Walker could be back, and if that happens, it complicates things all over again. Plus, this Carolina defense um, is not as bad against the tight end as George Kittle made it seem last week. So this is one of those games where, if, putting my bias aside, I don't really like any of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I don't really like
1: anybody in this game except for Christian McCaffrey, to be honest.
0: Well, how could you not absolutely love the greatest athlete of all time? I mean, come on. <laughs> But, uh, but, yeah, I agree. Christian McCaffrey, obvious starter. Um, if you're streaming Kyle Allen, what the hell are you doing with your season? Um, Greg Olson, I think, is worthy of a tight end spot this week uh, if you are needy at the position. And then if I had to choose one of the receivers, I would honestly go Curtis Samuel because he was targeted at team high 11 times last week. Kyle Allen loves him, and it's, it's really – Curtis Samuel always has the big play potential. If you need a flex guy, I think Curtis Samuel could be slotted in. I almost like him more. I I do like him more than I like DJ Moore this week.
1: I don't like anybody but Christian McCaffrey. So uh, that's my advice for this game. Stay away from this game. This This is like an Almond Joy, not a sponsor type game.
0: Dude, I have to be completely honest with you, and I kid you not. I was craving an Almond Joy today. Ugh. I went to the store and I bought an Almond Joy. Sir. I, I kid you not, you could ask Danielle. She was with me. I, I, I went out of my way. We were walking out of Target with nothing. I went out of my way to get in line and purposely purchase an Almond Joy because I was craving one. Sir, I'm going to have to get you evaluated. Well, you know what, man? You're comparing my Carolina Panthers to an Almond Joy. I ate an Almond Joy today. It all kind of seems like fate to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess I'll be putting Almond Joys in the water balloon as well. Uh...
0: <laughs> hey, fun by me. Moving on, we'll stay in the division. Uh, Tampa Bay versus the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, both obvious starts. I like James Winston in this one. As we were saying, he's kind of the new age Blake Bortles. Um not starting any of the running backs from Tampa Bay, and then OJ Howard, if he plays this week, I'd fire him up.
1: I'm not. He stinks. <laughs> not that he stinks as a player, but in this offense, he stinks. I can't. I just
0: have I just have a good feeling about OJ this week. If he plays, I think this could be a week where we finally see him put over at least double-digit points.
1: Oh, man, that's a bold one. Uh,
0: it, it is. That's that's my spicy take of the week. O.J. Oh, Howard's going to finish with double-digit double fantasy points.
1: Wowzer. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. trust O.J. Howard as far as I can throw him, which would not be very far because he is a big, bulky man. Um, but like you said, I, I like the rest of the, the playmakers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Jameis Winston, uh, Seattle. Man, D.K. Metcalf, what a guy. I love him in this game. Tyler Lockett, fire him up. Chris Carson, fire him up. Russell Wilson, he's probably going to be the MVP. Fire him up. This game going to be a lot of fun.
0: Hey, hey, Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be the MVP. Get out of <laughs> here. You know, it wouldn't be a pot if I wasn't defending my guy, but we will move on before you can even rebuttal. Detroit Lions and the Oakland Raiders. Uh, this could be a pretty big fantasy game. I think... Kenny Galladay is going to show up big again. Marvin Jones has potential to show up big. Uh, this whole offense has no running game anymore uh, now that on Johnson is down. Not that they really had one with on Johnson. So they're trending towards a complete passing offense. Matt Stafford is very well on the streaming radar this week. And if you are desperate, desperate, absolutely desperate for the tight end position, T.J. Hawkinson can be started. Totally agree. From the Oakland side, you got Darren Waller. You got Josh Jacobs as long as he plays. Um, hell, if you're absolutely desperate at the quarterback position, Derek Carr is a very low end streamer this week, in my opinion. And then, uh, obviously, like Tyrell Williams too.
1: Yeah, that's that's the gist of this game, and I think it's going to be a better real life game than fantasy <laughs> game.
0: Yeah, and you know what? If 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 they weren't playing at the same time as uh, this this next game, I probably would watch this game but i'm very excited by the green bay and los angeles chargers game mostly because uh i always like checking out los angeles chargers quote unquote home games to see see how far the uh, see a lot
1: cheese heads out in uh, carson exactly, california
0: see how far the other team traveled to uh to make it a home game but uh green bay coming off of an incredible performance as we mentioned Aaron Jones has been absolutely tearing it up. Jamal Williams on top. Um, Jamal Williams has been putting up consistently over like 13 or 14 fantasy points each week since he's come back from that uh, very scary head and neck injury that he had. Um, I'm firing up both of these guys in this one. Uh, Aaron Jones as an RB1. Jamal Williams as a pretty high-end flex in my opinion. Uh, I also think Devontae Adams. I I think we will finally see him Back on the field this week, so that's going to be massive for Green Bay and massive for my fantasy team.
1: Yeah, uh, and I also like Marquez Valdez Scantling in this game uh, if he's out there. So uh, this this Packers team has a lot going for them, even in a road game.
0: Agreed. And then from the Chargers side, dude, I don't I don't know what to make with this team. I, I do stink. like Keenan Allen. I like Keenan Allen, and I like Mike Williams in this one because Green Bay's secondary has been beat and. uh mm-hmm. Philip Rivers is going to have to beat them if he wants to even contend in this game. So I would fire up Keenan Allen as normal, and I think you could, I think you could flex Mike Williams this week in PPR leagues. I am, I, I mean, I have the same questions as literally every other person in the fantasy industry right now. It's, what the hell do we do with Melvin Gordon? And what the hell do we do with Austin Eckler? I mean, it is such a teeter-totter.
1: Eckler's a nice little low-end flex. Melvin Gordon... Come sit next to your boy, and uh, we can watch these games on the couch. Cause there's no way in hell I'm starting him.
0: No, dude, he's just—he can't be trusted right now. And it's—it's it's such a shame because everyone who got him in the third, fourth, hell even fifth round, um, in August, everyone's getting burned. And it's—it's it's, we're not getting burned how we thought we were. You know, we thought that Melvin Gordon would be returning right about now in week nine or week ten, and we expected to wait and wait and wait, and then finally be able to use him when he was going to beast. And then he's been back since, what, week five, and he's done nothing. I honestly so,
1: think he's just not giving it his all because he wants to stay healthy to get that big contract in the off offseason. But it's,
0: it's going to be so hard for him to get paid as much as he wants to be paid if he continues to look mediocre every time I also, he touches the ball.
1: I also think it's a lot to do with this Chargers offense, as if you didn't see, they fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, this week. So Ken Wisenhunt is out. Could change some things up there for the offense. So this is kind of a let's see what happens now with the Chargers offense type of week, too, um, because it's a new guy running the show at the offensive coordinator spot for Anthony Lynn's team.
0: Yeah, and while we're still talking about the Chargers and their offensive changes, I just want to touch base again on Mike Williams. So Mike Williams has been heavily targeted over the last three weeks, and he kind of looks like he is just. Right on the doorstep of uh, of a breakout game, so I I I really like Mike Williams in this one. I can't stress it enough. I would definitely flex him because I think this could finally be the game that uh, that we should expect from Mike Williams.
1: It'll be interesting. This is like I said. I'm gonna sit back, wait and see what happens, and this is gonna be my evaluation for the Chargers moving forward because we'll kind of get an idea what their offense is gonna look like uh, under new, uh, you know, a new voice.
0: This next game, the very last game of the day, uh, before we get into the night games. Absolute stinker of a game. Good God. Cleveland Browns visiting the Denver Broncos. Uh, uh, My only three starters in this game, my only four starters, I guess I could say, would be Nick Chubb, Royce Freeman, and Phillip Lindsey. And then Cortland Sutton, and I, I don't want to start anyone else in this game.
1: Yeah, this game sucks. Um, poor Joe Flacco, man. That's another guy we didn't touch on. Looks like he uh, threw his last pass for the Denver Broncos, um, or potentially ever. He's got a herniated disc in his neck. Not great, uh, but this game is going to be scary. I hope I hope Cortland Sutton's stock does not take a hit with a, a new quarterback at the helm, but... Uh, I don't like this game at all.
0: Now, they did announce that Drew Locke is healthy and cleared to play. Do you think uh, you think Drew Locke comes in and takes the helm on this one?
1: He could come in mid-game. Um, I don't believe he is the expected starter for this game, though, which is unfortunate for Drew Locke and unfortunate for Broncos fans. But uh, it, it's going to be an interesting ride for this Broncos team who decided to hold on to everybody except for Emmanuel Sanders at the trade deadline. Uh, with a a very, you know, old team.
0: You know, I will say this, with Joe Flacco not being in, there's going to be a a quarterback that is new to the NFL in this offense some way or another. Um, Would you consider, now he he looked good this past week, would you consider um, streaming Noah Font if you're desperate at the tight end position?
1: Sure, let's get crazy. We're going to need tight end help this week, so uh, I definitely think it's in the cards. And Brandon Allen at quarterback for the Broncos terrifies me, and we have three guys with the last name Allen starting games in the NFL this week with Kyle, Josh, and the aforementioned Brandon.
0: Yeah, so you know what? Maybe Cortland Sutton is less of a wide receiver, too, and more of a flex option this week. So Until further notice. You're gonna get. Exactly, but I mean, Cortland Sutton has been great, so it's hard to bench him, but... Uh, <clears throat> Moving on to the game of the week. The
1: game of the week.
0: It's going to be an absolutely incredible game, and it sucks because I have to play a hockey game at 8 o'clock, so I'm going to miss the first quarter of this game at the very least. The New England Patriots are taking on the Baltimore Ravens in what very well could be the Patriots' first loss of the season. Um, That might be a bit of a bold take, but this is going to be one Hell of a game to watch. I mean, fantasy implications aside, this is going to be one hell of a game.
1: Order yourselves a pizza, a cheesesteak, and have a ton of popcorn, a ton of candy corn. I love everybody in this game. Even with the Patriots defense going, I love everybody. This game is going to be so good.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Now, this is going to be the game where I'm going to go through the players, and I want you to tell me if you're starting them or you're sitting them, because I think this one's going to be a bit tougher than we expect. Let's do it. All right, so we'll start off with an easy one. Julian Edelman. Absolutely. Tom Brady. Of course. Uh, Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. Philip Dorsett. Yeah. James White.
1: Uh, as a flex, yes.
0: Is Would you say James White's your favorite out of this running back group, though, for New England? I think so. Yeah, I would say so, too. Um, I would... If you're absolutely desperate, if you don't mind playing a touchdown-dependent guy, Sonny Michelle could be a play, but I would try to avoid him. Personally. Yeah. And then from the Baltimore side, Lamar Jackson.
1: Let's do it, buddy.
0: Uh, Marquise Brown. Yes. Mark Andrews. Absolutely. Mark Ingram.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: That's where I disagree with you, but I'm sure. You were expecting that because I absolutely hate Mark Ingram for absolutely no reason. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to have a good game. But uh, am I missing anyone else that's that's super fantasy relevant? Here? Um, no,
1: nah, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, if you're playing Willie Snead, I don't know what you're doing. But yeah, that's the only other guy that has floated around fantasy realms for the Ravens. And I'm playing both defenses.
0: Yeah, this is this is going to be interesting because Lamar Jackson has his biggest test. Um, probably of his entire NFL career this Sunday night. So it will be definitely interesting to see how that goes. But uh, like like I said, fantasy implications aside, this is going to be an awesome, awesome game.
1: Very excited.
0: And then moving on to the final game of the week, our Monday night football game, the battle of the NFC East Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants uh, playing in New Jersey under the lights the Dallas Cowboys side, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, all must-starts. Uh, in my opinion, Michael Gallup is probably a must-start in this one, too, unless you're like incredibly deep at the receiver position.
1: Yeah. Um, I ha- I hate that this game is always in prime time.
0: Yeah, I'm sure... Uh, it gets sure old like
1: real when- quick.
0: It's like watching the Lesher of Two Evils for an Eagles fan, I imagine. God.
1: And, I mean, like, I wouldn't care if it was at 1 o'clock or whatever. I'm so sick of this game being in prime time. It's always Sunday night. It's always Monday night. It's always at 425. Like, let them play at 1 o'clock for once. It's so boring. <laughs> it's so annoying. I you hate, that hate NFL.
0: it. NFL. Kyle Kyle is tired of your bullshit.
1: Get it together.
0: And then from the Giants' side of the ball, obviously, you got to love Saquon Barkley. Uh Daniel Jones was the number 1 overall quarterback of week 8. Uh are you looking to stream him potentially in week 9?
1: Let's get crazy. I'll I'll rock with Danny Dimes this week.
0: See, I am I'm too hesitant to do it, but uh there are there are tons of worse options out there in my opinion. Like yeah. to be completely honest, if you gave me the option between Daniel Jones and Tom Brady this week, I'd probably take Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: So there's there's that instance. Um, Golden Tate, are you starting him?
1: Um, Yeah. I think I'm starting Golden Tate.
0: And then with Sterling Shepard being out on injury, Darius Slayton. Dude is um,
1: coming on top for Danny Dimes.
0: He, he is. And uh, though I don't know if I would start him in this one with a ton of faith, I think Slayton... Needs to be rostered everywhere, especially if you're in Keeper or Dynasty Leagues, because uh, there's there's a lot of potential for this kid to become Daniel Jones' number one target for the coming years.
1: Yep, I like it.
0: So, I definitely like him. I don't know if I like him this Monday night, but I do like him moving forward. And then, obviously, uh, Evan Ingram is a good start at the tight end position Always. for this game. And uh, that will do it for us. With the starts and sits of the week And uh, it's I I just can't wait for this Sunday night game New England and Baltimore That's going to be too good
1: Could be the game of the season to be honest
0: it, it really could be Especially if Baltimore can somehow get the upset win I mean that would just be awesome I, I Ravens. anyone who is not A New England fan Is going to be a Baltimore Ravens fan oh, From yes. 8-20 until about midnight On Sunday Oh yes completely agree so we are all Baltimore this weekend.
1: Let's go Ravens! Ravens flock is what I think they uh, they call them. So we're we're riding with the flock this week.
0: But yeah, so that'll that'll just about do it for us tonight. Uh, Kyle, again, happy birthday! Uh, super excited to uh, you know keep moving forward, keep producing podcasts, and uh, you know you got a lot of big stuff going on with Underground Sports Philadelphia. So why don't you tell the people? how they can uh, find that other work and uh, leave us some positive reviews.
1: Yes, this is my first podcast of a 26-year-old. It's freaking wild. Uh, but make sure you guys follow us on the Twitter machine, at Underground PHI at goal underscore line underscore FFB. That's where you get all the good takes. Mikey has been firing off hilarious tweets that uh, need to be retweeted. So uh, at goal underscore line underscore FFB to get all the fantasy football News, knowledge, info, questions answered, all that good stuff. And then you can also leave those five-star ratings and reviews on the Apple Podcast page. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast along with a plethora of other shows on the feed. Leave the five-star ratings and reviews. We have standards. We know you do too. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. Stream and follow us on iHeartRadio. And Mikey, since the last time we recorded, the podcast is also available now on the Radio.com app. So if you use Radio.com, you can just search Underground Sports Philadelphia, subscribe to us there, and you can stream us on Radio.com. Tons of places to get the content. And you can follow Mikey on Twitter at GFF underscore Mikey. And you can follow me at KBIZZL311.
0: And of course, make sure you go over to TrophySmack.com. Check out everything they have to offer there, and remember, if you make a purchase of a sweet trophy or championship belt, use that code Goal Line—that's G O A L L I N E—at checkout to receive a fifty-nine-dollar valued uh, championship ring because it's awesome. So, shout out to our guys over there at TrophySmack.com, uh, and that'll just about do it for us tonight. And uh, yeah, it was—it was awesome. I. I can't say it enough. I'm super excited for Sunday night. This game is going to be incredible. But for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and, of course, for Goal Line Fantasy Football, thanks for tuning in today, and we look forward to seeing everyone next week.
1: Follow us on Twitter because big news is coming. Stay tuned. Peace.